When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's November the 4th, 2022, and I am so thrilled to be joined today by one of my favorite people on this planet, my longtime friend, my longtime co-host, Rebecca Hoffer of SimplyRebecca.com. Hi, Rebecca. Hello, Meg. How are you today? I am so much better now that I get to sit down and talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about because this was an actual request from one of our superstars. A rather bossy request. Yes. She was not shy about her opinion. <laughs> it's true. So last month, Rebecca and I sat down to do our Awesome Overflow conversation for our superstar awesomes. As a reminder, our superstars are our supporters on Patreon. And every month we do a bonus episode called the Awesome Overflow, where we just kind of really just chat and catch up on what's been going on in life. Well, I forced Rebecca, I twisted her arm, I demanded that she would tell the superstars about her recent week of awesomeness getting to go to a Harry Styles concert, her second one in Austin. I know I really did have to twist her arm. Oh my goodness, it was so painful to have to talk about this (laughs) epic adventure. (laughs) After that aired, one of our superstars messaged us and said, The September overflow was amazing. You all need to do a regular Friday episode. Rebecca had so many life-giving statements in that discussion. Everyone needs to hear a version of that conversation. Well, lucky for you guys, not only are you going to get to hear us talk about this, you're going to get to hear a part of that actual awesome overflow conversation that was so inspiring to our superstar that she demanded that we share the highlights of that conversation with all of you awesomes. So this is the bossy kind of energy that I need in my life. I have 1000%. I am here for it. I need it. I crave it. Amen. And I'm thankful for it. A bossy command coupled with a compliment. I mean, yeah. yes, please sign me up. One of the things this superstar picked up on is that we really in that conversation, it's a lot about permission for joy and how much we need to be pursuing joy and to allow joy into our lives and not have any apologies or any guilt over that. And Rebecca, in a weird way, I kind of feel like this love what you love thing has become this sort of new ethos for sort of awesome. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We used to just continually talk about how important it is to find the awesome in the everyday. We've always talked about when we're discovering and making a priority to find awesome in the everyday, that it makes us better people and that that kind of spills over into the people around us. And I feel like that that we've continued down that path to where it's not just look for the awesome in the everyday, but make it a practice to allow joy into your life. Because when we do, some really amazing things can happen. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Like what actually happens when you get serious about joy and loving what you love. It's not a serious topic, but what happens in your life when you take it seriously? So we're going to talk a little bit more about all that. Like I said, we're going to share an actual segment from the Awesome Overflow. So I don't think we've ever done that before. Have we? I mean, I think we have maybe replayed some episodes. Uh, okay. I'm thinking like the gift guide. Oh, yeah. There was a superstar exclusive gift guide that I think we released That's to the true. public. Yeah. But this is very, very rare. If it's not the first time, it's at least a very rare occurrence. Yes, yes. So we have so much permission giving of joyfulness and loving what you love to talk about today. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sort of Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes, to the show that loves to support you in becoming smart, strong, and social. If you've been looking for amazing women to connect with, 
and a community that will support you no matter what age or stage of life you're in. I'm really happy to tell you that you've come to the right place. And if you are enjoying Sort of Awesome, may I recommend coming and connecting with one of our online communities. Specifically, come over and join us in the Sort of Awesome Hangout group. We're on the downhill slide. I mean, here it is. It's November. We are in holiday crunch time. And Rebecca, you know, one of the time-honored traditions in this sort of awesome hangout is that we steal our nerves, we hold each other's hands, we talk each other through the stress of the holiday season, right? It truly is like the best time to be in the hangout. All of the crowdsourcing support that you could possibly need. What kind of gift do I get for fill in the blank? How Mm -hmm. do I navigate this icky family situation? What do I do about this coworker that's, you know, all this stuff is so incredibly helpful. It is. It is. So we still get new awesomes in the hangout all the time who love the show and they want to find the community to connect with. So if you have not connected with our community, come over to Facebook, search for Awesome Hangout. You can find us there. We would love to have you join us. So Rebecca and I do have so much to talk about when it comes to this idea of loving what you love and then just all of the awesome that flows into your life when you do that. We're going to get to all of that in just a few minutes. But first, Let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. If you're new to Sort of Awesome, Awesome of the Week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life a little bit more awesome right now, whether it's a book or a TV show, music, movie, products, all kinds of fun stuff. Rebecca, what is bringing that gold glittery sparkle to your life right now? Well, this is a little bit of a throwback or at least a nod to one of my very public obsessions. I am bringing Olive and June back as my awesome of the week. All right. Tell me everything. So just a little reminder of my history with Olive and June. First of all, they are a woman-owned company that helps you to have nail salon types of manicures at home. And I never used to polish my fingernails ever, 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 ever. And then I tried Olive and June for a sort of awesome episode and really became super invested. I love it because it lasts on my nails for a solid week. And I love that it doesn't smell really bad because that's the problem that I had that even like the next day. I mean, it has a smell when you paint. Obviously, it's nail polish. But like the next day, days later, I would just get fumes coming off of my fingernails. And that's not the case with Olive and June. So. I really have gone all in loving Olive and June, but they are worthy of coming back as an awesome of the week because they released something new this past month and it is their quick dry (gasps) formula. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm obsessed. Meg, you're going to love this. Yes. I already have it. Oh, you do have it. Yes. You texted me when it first came out. You're like, did you get a heads up? Did you know about quick dry? And I was like, no, you know, I didn't know they were doing it. I went on the website and I just got like five or six of them because, man, I love a quick dry. And I was like, I'll try it. Let's see what happens. Tell me everything you love about it. Okay. So clearly I do not have a history in nail polish. So I have never tried quick dry before, but apparently it's kind of known within the market that quick dry formulas do not last as well or as long as normal nail polish, right? Right. They're kind of notorious for chipping and fading and dulling and things like that. Well, Olive and June's Quick Dry, I wore it for a full week and it only had some minimal chipping on my dominant hand, the one that I'm using the most. And so I was super impressed. They say it's supposed to last five days, but I got even longer out of it. And I'm really impressed because it only takes a minute or two, literally, to dry the coats. I did a full mani, including cleanup, including quick dry top coat. I did two coats. It took me 10 minutes. It's amazing. And It's a miracle. I waited 10 minutes and then I had to dig through some stuff in the dryer. Okay. Meg. Yeah. Right. You would never paint your nails and then 10 minutes later go digging through the dryer. No, never. Not a single smudge. Nothing. I mean, life changing. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I am really, really impressed. 
Yes. Now, it is a little different than their regular original formula. So there's some reasons why you might actually still prefer the original. But come on, this time savings is just incredible. So they came out with 19 shades plus a quick dry top coat. Yes. I feel like they did a really good job of being intentional about the colors that they picked because there's a few neutrals. It came out in the fall, but it's not all fall colors, although there are some good ones for fall. There's ones that are in there that are going to be good for spring. There's a good classic red. I feel like if you are exploring Olive and June for the first time and you want to get just quick dry polish, there is a lot of different boxes that you'll be able to check off with these colors. Yes. And you're not just fall colors or something like that, right? Right. Yes. The one that I am the most into okay. is called Lippy. Did okay. you get Lippy? It's the red, right? Well, there's two reds. Okay. There's a regular classic red. That one's called yeah. Smooch. And oh. then Lippy has gold shimmer in it. It okay. is so did decadent I looking. I can't remember if I did or not, but if I did it, well, I'm going to have to. So, <laughs> yes. It's like the perfect holiday party glam color. It has this subtle but beautiful, elegant shimmer to it. It's gold. It's red. It's just, oh, it makes me want to dress up and go to a party. Oh my gosh. Perfect timing. Perfect timing for the holidays. Okay. It turns out I did not get lippy. I got smooch. I looked at my invoice just now. I got Prairie Southwest. Okay, so Prairie's like a lavender-ish, mm -hmm. like a grayish lavender. Yes. Southwest, which is burnt orange, like a fall orange, love. Koala, which is gray. Smooch, which is red. And Vintage, which is kind of a blue gray, like a soft blue yes. gray. Yes. But now that I know that Lippy is so amazing, <laughs> and how did I not get it? I don't know. I I missed the mark for myself on that one. Okay, but I feel like you made some really good choices. You picked out colors that if you're thinking about it, you're in a pinch and you're like, shoot, I really want my nails done for fill in the blank. I feel like you have really good colors there. You just want a quick neutral. Boom. You got it. You want something a little bit classier and bolder. You got it with the red. I feel like you have some really good Thank you. Colors there. I support your purchase. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you for enabling me because now I will have to order more, including <laughs> Lippy, because that sounds gorgeous. And like you said, perfect for the holiday season. Hello. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. I talk about Olive and June all the time, but I seriously am so excited about Quick Dry. Yes. How like life changing it is. It's the best thing that they've come out with since their original product, I feel like. Whoa. Okay. That is high praise. Okay. We'll have a link in the show notes if you guys want to go check out Olive and June just in general, but especially the Quick Dry Collection, which I can also testify is very awesome. Okay. My Awesome of the Week, Rebecca, is a book that you maybe have seen. It's everywhere right now in the world of book talk, YouTube book people talking about it. It's called the Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. Have you heard of this one? No. Oh my gosh, <laughs> let me tell you everything. I'm so excited. I love this book so much. So much. Now, like I said, everyone is talking about this book everywhere I turn in bookish circles. And Rebecca, sometimes I do that really stupid and weird thing where if everybody loves a thing, then I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm probably not going to check it out. I'm not going to read it. I have that problem sometimes oh too. I'm like, no, <sighs> I'm not reading your book. Stop putting it in my face. <laughs> I know. And it's so dumb. And I hate myself when I do that because obviously when everybody loves a thing, that's a pretty good green flag that it's good. Check it out. And I'm here to tell you, this book is so darling. It's absolutely going to be one of my favorite reads of the year. I think there was a lot of hype around it in October because October, you know, everybody's like, oh, I want to read a spooky book. Which themed books are super, super on trend right now in bookish circles, all kinds of witchy reads. But truly, you guys, this book is so good. In fact, I was looking through some Goodreads reviews just to kind of remember the details and what I wanted to talk about. Somebody's whole entire review of this book was, do you need a hug? Read this book. <laughs> Aww, that sounds like that would win you over. <laughs> yes, totally. So this book is magical realism. It is set in normal life, except magic exists in oh, this Oh, that's realm. right up your alley. You know I love it. You know I love it. And it takes place in England, and our main character is 31-year-old 
Micah Moon or Mika. I'm not sure exactly. I actually read this book in print, you guys. I did not listen to it, so I don't know how the character names are pronounced exactly. And now you're regretting it. I know. Damn it. Why did I do that? I'm going to say Micah. It's probably Mika. I'm not sure. But she is a witch. She's a member of the Secret Society of Witches. And in this realm, in this universe where magic exists, witches live very lonely and isolated lives. First of all, all witches are orphaned. So that's kind of sad. That's kind of like a sad start on life. And also, there's one woman who's kind of over all of the witches in this part of the world. And she works very hard to keep witches separated from each other because when witches are together, their magic increases. They don't want anyone to find out about their secret abilities. So even though magic does exist in this realm, everyone has to keep it a secret. If you're magic, you have to keep it a secret. Well, Micah, she grows up with nannies and tutors and stuff, and she just doesn't really have very strong family connections. In fact, as soon as a nanny would find out that she had magic, that nanny would have to be fired and have her memory erased, and then they'd have to bring in a new nanny. So she grows up without parents, without siblings, without strong family bonds in any way. So she's kind of used to being on her own. She gets on an app, which is, let's say it's like TikTok. It's a social media app. And she starts sharing, ooh, witchy spells and stuff like that. Well, of course, most people just think that it's just for TikTok, right? Mm -hmm. But she really is a witch. So she's giving little snippets of actual magic, but under the guise of, we all know this is pretend, right? Wink, wink. Well, this man named Ian discovers her on the social media app. And he's like, you have got to come and help us. So like I said, his name's Ian. He's like a retired actor. He's very eccentric. He's in his 80s. And he brings her to this place called the Nowhere House. And it's kind of like this motley crew of people that live in this house who, as it turns out, is owned by a witch named Lillian Nowhere. And Lillian is an archaeologist, so she's not there, but she has brought into this family of sorts at her house three orphan girls who are all witches. So they bring Micah in to become their tutor. And the story unfolds from there. This book has so many cozy, wonderful themes. It is definitely like an ode of joy and love to the concept of found family mm -hmm. and how sometimes we're not born into the family that loves and supports us for who we are, but then we just kind of gradually find our way to each other in found family. There is romance. There is a very strong trope of grumpy meets sunshine romance <laughs> that plays right out. Your alley. Yes. You know, I love it. One of my favorites. One of my favorite tropes. There's a little bit of spice. I did notice in some of the reviews that some people felt this book is so charming and so romantic in so many ways, but then there's like a little spice to it that some people were like, we could have done without that. So don't let that put you off. There is some on-page sex, but you could easily skip through that if that's not your thing and you won't miss any part of the story or the charmingness or the sweetness of this book. And uh, it's so good. It's magic. It's romance. It's family. It's cozy. Like brewing tea and delicious food. And they live in this house in the country, in the English countryside. Oh, it's just, I love it so much. So again, the name of the book is The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Manzana. Your face just lit up talking about it. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I mean, seriously, there's a reason why you're hearing about this book everywhere. It's so good. So, so, so good. Okay, so those are our awesomes of the week. Like I said, we will have links in the show notes for you guys to go check out. And as always, we would love to hear from you on social media about what's awesome in your life. Come find us, like I said, at the top of the show on Facebook in the Sort of Awesome Hangout. We talk about Awesome of the Week every single week over there. Come over and find us on Instagram at Sort of Awesome Show. We have lots of fun things going on, all related to the awesome universe over on Instagram at Sort of Awesome Show. We would love to have you there. So Rebecca and I are going to get into the very broad idea of loving what you love via the very specific love that Rebecca has for one Mr. Harry Styles. We're going to get to all of that when we come right back. 
Okay, friends, take just a minute to think about your very favorite bra right now. What's so great about it? Chances are it's not anything that the bra does. It's more the things that it doesn't do, like have weird gaps, show through your t-shirts, dig into your shoulders. And it's the same thing with underwear, right? You reach for the ones that don't ride up and don't give you a panty line. Your bra and underwear should make your outfit better, not worse. And that is what is so great about Bare Necessities. Bare Necessities is the biggest online intimate apparel retailer, and they offer over 140 of the best brands all in one place. They put fit and comfort above all else, so they are all about size inclusivity, something that I love. They carry bras with band sizes 28 to 58, cup sizes AA to O, and extra small to 5XL. With so many options, finding the right bra isn't always intuitive, so they also offer a bra finder fit quiz that points you in the right direction in just a few clicks. They've been getting feedback for over 20 years. They know what their customers love, hate, and what they need in their bras and lingerie, and that's why they started their brand, Bear, by Bare Necessities. You guys, I am not exaggerating. I am not kidding when I tell you that I am wearing my absolute minimizer bra from Bear, the Bear Necessities line. I have been wearing minimizer bras for years, but none of them have been made with this high of quality, completely seamless with unlined molded cups that just shape to fit me perfectly. And because of their bra fit finder quiz, the fit is perfect on this. So right now, get 20% off of your Bear Necessities order when you go to barenecessities.com and use code AWESOME20. That's code AWESOME20 at barenecessities.com to get 20% off barenecessities.com, code AWESOME20. Okay, we are back. If you are new or newish to Sword of Awesome, you may not know and you may not know the whole story. And even if you have been an awesome for a long time, you may not have the whole timeline of this very monumental thing that came into Rebecca's life. And by thing, I mean person. And by person, I mean rock star. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. So Rebecca, I feel like before we even get into this, that we kind of need the context. We need the background. Tell us the story as much as you can remember timeline wise about this very passionate interest that you have in all things Harry Styles. Okay, you used a very dangerous phrase. You said, as much as you can remember. <gasps> Meg, I remember everything. So like, <laughs> if we don't want this to be a four-hour long podcast, we might yes. need to dial it back. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I was a victim of YouTube. Yes. Yeah. So that's essentially what happened is... The story is that it was September 1st. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You literally remember the specifics. Well, I know because later I was curious. And I went back and looked at my YouTube search history. Oh, my So gosh. it was September 1st of 2019. Wait, I kind of didn't know that you could look at your YouTube <laughs> history, your search history. Your, your watch history? Yeah. Oh, watch history. Okay. Yeah. But it showed you like the specific date. I guess I've never looked at that. Yeah, anyway, okay. I figured it out. So, okay. Okay. September 1st, 2019. Right before that date, my kids had been using my YouTube account and they were watching various things. They were watching like compilations of X Factor auditions. That's okay. like a whole genre, you know, like reality TV auditions and they have the little clickbait title. Just wait until. She opens her mouth and sings a song, watch the judge's reaction, you know, that type of thing. They were watching those. And for some reason, I had put my kids to bed and I then watched one of those videos. It was an X Factor audition and it was two young women. And they were both told, mm, I'm not so sure that you are right for this, but actually, I think you might be better together. And then they came back and they auditioned together and they sounded really good. And I thought to myself, Huh. Isn't that how One Direction was formed? Uh-huh. And was One Direction on your radar for any specific reason? Or you were just like, I just remember one thing I know about One Direction is they were formed on an X Factor show. Yeah, that's really it. It's okay. just I just remembered that they had this origin story of yeah, okay. being like turned away, but then the judges like put them back together. Yeah, yeah, put yeah. them together to form this band. Okay. So I kind of was doing like a little bit of a search to see 
if there was more examples of this happening on the X Factor. I was curious, like, does this happen often? Because it's really fascinating to see how two people's solo auditions can be different when they end up being paired with other people and they come back and audition for another time. It was fun to watch. Yeah. And I didn't find any other examples. But then I thought to myself, well, I really am curious about the origin story of One Direction. Yeah. So I did what any mom late at night finally having some alone time does. Yeah. I did a little YouTube search for One Direction's origin story. And I sat myself down and mm-hmm. watched a one hour documentary about <laughs> yeah about the birth of One Direction. As one does. Yeah. Because why relate? do like the Cliff Notes version and watch a 10 minute video when no. you can watch a whole hour? <laughs> I mean, what a time to be alive. <laughs> so. Uh, One documentary led to a second documentary. They were interviewing like experts and talking about their song, What Makes You Beautiful, and how that was such a choice to help push them to success. And then I'm like, well, then I have to go and I have to watch the video. And then I'm watching all this stuff. And then YouTube figures out, oh, Oh, do you have an interest in One Direction? (laughs) Let me serve you all these other millions of compilation videos. And I literally went on a YouTube binge of One Direction related content. I was radicalized yeah. by YouTube. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, when you very first started exploring One Direction's origin story, 2019, like they'd already broken up as a band, right? Right. So there was years worth of content for me to consume. (laughs) There was conspiracy theories to figure out. There was previous dating history to figure out. There was Zayn leaving the band to look into. Yeah. All of their past music, all their past music videos. I was just a glutton at the table. Like it was a (laughs) feast (laughs) of history. And... Did you know right away that there was something for you that was very interesting about Harry Styles amongst all the other members of One Direction? I mean, most people who have eyeballs (laughs) can understand and see like he definitely stands out in a crowd, even if the crowd is five young men. (laughs) Well, and that was the interesting thing about him is that he has within the fandom, they say that there's these different eras of Harry Styles. For sure. And so there's like, almost always is related to his hair because he grew his hair out. And so there's all these different versions of Harry. So even if one version doesn't really work for you, Uh there's plenty of other ones to pick and choose from. Yeah. So like there's a version out there for everyone. (laughs) He's so versatile. (laughs) So I would say that as I was listening to the music, it truly was his solos that I was the most drawn to. I really liked the sound and the quality of his voice. He had a little bit of a raspiness to it at times, like a little bit of a like a folk type sound, which is not at all how it actually described his music. But there was just something about it that I was drawn to that I liked more. And so then I was kind of seeking out his solo moments, which then led to a rabbit hole of just hairy, concentrated video recommendations yeah and there was one particular video that truly sealed the deal for me i remember the specific video it was a compilation of harry styles reacting kindly to people intercut with other celebrities being rude to people. <laughs> and it was like look at how pure this kind <laughs> man is and look at how awful other celebrities tend to be <laughs> And I was just like, oh, my goodness, he's so nice. Like, it worked. Yes. (laughs) And that was it. And that that was was it for you. Yeah. But, I mean, it took a lot of time. I don't know if I feel comfortable confessing, but I binged an insane amount of content in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I want to put a pin in that because I got to live alongside you in real time as this was developing. And so even though I didn't remember specifically that it was September 1st, 2019, (laughs) I knew that this had developed over time and I knew the depths of interest that you have and how this really over time did become like your hobby, your main side interest, not just listening to the music, although that's a big part of it, but consuming all of the different kinds of media around this person. So 
earlier this year when I picked up and read based on a recommendation from Lori Lynn Tucker, our social media manager for Sort of Awesome, Tabitha Carvin's book, This is Not a Book About Benedict Cumberbatch. I immediately was like, do you know my friend Rebecca? Because <laughs> Tabitha Carvin's story of how she found herself as a mega, mega, mega fan of Benedict Cumberbatch, the British actor. I felt like I was reading your memoir, except somebody had switched out the Harry Styles and the Benedict Cumberbatch parts. Now, I asked you to read it so we could have a great book club discussion, which we did with our superstar awesomes. What was your experience when you read that book? Did you feel like, oh my gosh, yes? Tell me more about that. It was insane because it was exactly like what you said. It felt like somebody was inside my head and spewed out all of my thoughts and put it in paper and published it. Yeah. It was the most realistic example of what had happened to me. And it was yeah. kind of like anytime that somebody has some like rare medical problem and then they Google it and they're like, oh my goodness, there's other people out there who have right. the same thing going on yes. and who have these same symptoms. Yes. <laughs> like we share, Tabitha and I share all the same symptoms. Right. I mean, essentially a celebrity crush and yeah. fascination. And yeah. it was remarkable. I got the book in print because I knew that I would want to highlight it. And I found myself, as I was reading, highlighting a lot of things that just spoke to, like, the point of this podcast that we're going to be talking about, like, the greater good in finding joy in something. So half of my highlights were about that and, you know, something very meaningful and deep. And then the other half of my highlights were things that literally could have come right out of my mouth. <laughs> things like she said she wore benedict cumberbatch shirt somewhere hoping to spark up conversation with somebody i'm like check i literally have done that insane thing <laughs> i literally wore my harry styles t-shirt on the airplane in case there was other harry's around that i could talk to yes check that's me <laughs> so half my highlights were like deep meaningful thoughtful commentary on society and our yes. hobbies and joy and the other half was Yes, I also have that same insane symptom. Yep, check. <laughs> that was me. I think you make a great point because one of the things I love about this book so much is that she really does. She blends this very powerful, astonishingly incisive view on feminism and the patriarchy and women in culture throughout time and history and how we are expected, generally speaking, to sort of abandon our interests and chalk them up to just childhood play. And yet a lot of times culture, especially Western culture, but maybe it's more universal than that even, supports that men continue to have their fun with, whether it's playing golf or being a huge mega fan of a sports team or whatever the thing is, that it's more socially acceptable. And she writes a lot about how we interacted with things as teenagers and anything that teenage girls like that those tend to be not taken seriously. So there's this beautiful, powerful, just, oh my gosh, that's so right and true social commentary. But she's also wildly funny and, you know, brings in so many little anecdotes of her life and her love for Benedict Cumberbatch. But I think one of the most fascinating things is that she unfolds through the whole book that all of these different aspects of how much joy this Benedict Cumberbatch she uses the word obsession. I know not everybody's super comfortable with that word, but she uses it to describe how she feels about this man. How in the beginning, it really fed for her this need for joy as she was finding herself in those early days of motherhood when motherhood is all consuming. It's all you can think about it. It takes every minute of your every day. How her obsession with Benedict Cumberbatch came into her life at that time. And it really met this need for just joy and something that was just for her. But then over time, and as the book unfolds, you see how it has allowed her to find this actual community, these friends and people that she's met that live all over the world. She's Australian, but she's met people all over the world that share the same fascination. And that at some point, it kind of even stopped being about the man himself. And it became so much a part of her identity that that was such a great way that she found friends and community. And I was wondering if that resonated for you. 100%. As you're going to hear later when we share 
the portion from the overflow. This last time that I went to the concert, I went with two friends, one Donna, a in real life friend of mine, and then another Kara, who I met because of Harry Styles, because of me sharing openly about this fascination with him and his music on the podcast. She reached out to me over Instagram and we became really close friends sharing this common love. And we traveled and we spent all this amazing time in Austin. And it was this girl's getaway that was so much fun that it truly was about being with Donna and Kara just as much as it was about going to the concert. And all of the time that we have spent either deep diving one of his outfit choices or things that are going on with him in the movie world or a music video. We've also built real true friendship with each other and being able to talk to each other about what's going on in our lives and the things that we're struggling with. And above that, too, it's also this whole thing gives me something to look forward to. Yeah. Which I think we all just really need, right? Like, doesn't it feel good to have something to look forward to? And so sometimes it's the big thing, like the concert, and it's the mega trip to Austin. And that's what you're looking forward to. Sometimes it's an album drop or like the latest music video or like tonight, the night that we're recording this, Harry is going to be performing for Harry Ween, which is like his Halloween theme. Yes. And so it's like, well, what is he going to wear? What's he going to dress up as? And I am looking forward to later tonight, logging into Instagram and scouring the internet to see what did he dress up as? And it's so simple and small, but it's a source of joy and escape. And I think we need that. Sometimes you need just full escape. Sometimes you need full joy. What a blessing it is when you can have both in the same thing. Absolutely. Oh, that's so perfectly said. And I think when you guys listen in the next segment of this episode to that part of the overflow, I think that the joy in Rebecca's voice as she's talking about is so tangible. So I don't want to spend too much time talking about that because you're going to get to experience it as you're listening. I think you're so right, though. It's like not even a luxury of having something to look forward to. I feel like it's a necessity that we have something. For you, it's Harry Styles. Listen, it could be anything. It could be your hobby that you're really into. It could be a specific animal. Think about Kristen Bell with her obsession with slots. I mean, I think that's a perfect example of just having something that brings you so much joy that you're just overwhelmed. And if you're listening and you're like, I can't think of a single thing in my life that's like that. Listen, first of all, I get it. And I think I even say this, I can remember if it's in this part that we're going to include from the overflow, but I would love to have something that is to the level that Rebecca and her other friends and other people in this community feel for Harry Styles. I'm searching for my thing, but I do like to dabble. I'm more of like a joy dabbler. So I'll get really into something and it brings me joy. And then I'll get distracted and I'll move on to the next thing. So I'm, you know, a little of this, little of that. But the finding something to look forward to, I think, is always important. I think as many of us are trying to put lives back together post-pandemic, trying to find normalcy, trying to find community again, that having something in our lives that we look forward to that is just for play, that is just for fun, doesn't have to be productive. Others may look at it and feel like it's a waste of time, but it brings you joy. When we can find that, I think it allows us to be so much more engaged with life. And I think that that really does bring so much awesome to the people who are around us when we're that engaged. There's a quote from Tabitha's book that I want to read where she's addressing the audience who perhaps doesn't have that thing. And for the record, Meg, I think that you're dabbling in here, things here and there. I think that totally counts. Joy doesn't have to be like singular focus. That's like, true. Thank you for saying that. That's a, that's a good point. It totally counts to have it come in waves, you know? So yes. anyway, this is what she's saying to the audience who maybe doesn't have that thing. She says, I am desperate for you to know that it's worth it. Finding your thing, I mean. Feeling a spark of something and instead of instinctively dousing it, fanning the flames. It feels good. It feels good in a way that's hard to get across. Because the alternative, not having a thing, doesn't necessarily feel bad, just normal. Oh my 
because <laughs> that actually brings tears to my eyes. And I've read this book several times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, it is so, like I said, so incisive and so real and so true. Just as a reminder, if you want to hear more of us talking about this book, we do have a recording of our Superstar Book Club gathering where we discuss that book in our Patreon. And I'll talk a little bit more about the, how you can get connected to that at the end of this episode. But Rebecca, is there anything before we pull back the curtain and share this little slice of the awesome overflow with the whole awesome universe? Anything else that comes to mind that you want to say? Well, I think the last thing, not to get on my soapbox too much, but I'm going to hop on up. <laughs> One thing that the book really addresses a lot is that as society, we have assigned value to different hobbies. And unfortunately, if a hobby is loved by men, it tends to be elevated where women's are overlooked or diminished. And I think a great example of this is sports, like you alluded to. And, you know, talking in generalizations and stereotypes, of course, but, you know, men love their sports and they're loud about it. Mm -hmm. They wear it on their clothes. They talk about it with their friends. They gather together and have parties to watch the Super Bowl, even if their team isn't playing. I mean, even pastors make jokes from the pulpit about sports all the time. Now, don't hear me wrong. OK, I do not feel oppressed. By men's love of sports. Okay. My <laughs> <Right>. husband, <laughs> his team is in the World Series right now, and I love this for him. Yes. I support my husband's love for sports. This is not a hardship for me. Yeah. But the point I want to make is this society has given men permission to take up space with their love of sports. And I can take up space with my hobbies too. Yes. Oh, that's the perfect note to leave off on in this conversation and we're going to transport you over to the awesome overflow and again this is just one segment from the whole awesome overflow if you're a superstar you've got access to the whole thing so thank you for this rebecca we will hop into the overflow when we come right back you guys know that when it comes to online content, first impressions are everything. So if you are looking to make an impact with your online content, you need Issue. It is the easiest way to make your creative ideas come to life and share engaging content everywhere that you want to be seen. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials and magazines to catalogs and portfolios and so much more. There's no need for endless scrolling through PDFs. Issue features your digital content in an easy to view way on every device. You make it once and you can distribute it everywhere without reformatting. That's such an incredible time saver. Your content is automatically optimized for engagement and it's ready to share. Bonus, Issue also works seamlessly with the tools that you already use and love like Canva, Dropbox, MailChimp, and InDesign. Issue helps creators, marketers, designers, really anyone who wants to make their content stand out and you can start using Issue for free. Try it out and explore premium features that offer a more customized experience. You guys go get started with Issue today for free or sign up for an annual premium account and get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use promo code awesome. That's issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code awesome at checkout for your free starter account or 50% off of an annual premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code awesome. One unique thing about um, Harry is that he wears a different outfit for every concert, but then he, he stays in that outfit for every concert. So one thing that I heard a couple people say who went for the first time to see Harry is that they were disappointed that he didn't change outfits. Like I like like Taylor Swift or Beyonce, don't they have like yeah, costume they'll usually changes? Do like a, mm -hmm, yes. But then they're yeah. wearing the same thing, the same one yeah. at every concert, right? Yeah, yeah, that's one way to do it for sure. And a lot of big mega stars definitely do that. So he wears a different outfit for every single concert, but then he wears it the whole time. So there's all this debate about, well, what is he going to wear? Because he's been wearing some like stupid stuff. Oh my goodness, his stuff is so stupid sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we didn't like, he wore this like 
orange and um, black striped outfit. I didn't oh. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it as much as some of the other things he's worn. So it's okay. <laughs> but another orange thing and black is that stripes. That's funny. It's giving Halloween. It's giving <laughs> giving tiger tiger. I mean, I don't know. Um, but he also has a song called Medicine that he only plays. Every once in a while. It's really sporadic. He's never released it on an album. Um, okay. And I mean, we heard it live last, or we heard it live um, in Austin. And that had been the first time that he had played it so far in Austin. He only played okay. it, I think, half the nights or maybe, maybe yeah, he only played it like two or three of the nights in Austin. So I just, yeah. I lost my mind when he started playing medicine. I have a mm-hmm. video... <laughs> Of me, like, my camera literally is, like, shaking, like, going everywhere. Like, I completely lost my mind. And then after I calmed down just for a moment and the song's, like, really going, my friend Donna took a video of Kara and I and our reaction to it. And, Meg, I did not post that video on Instagram because it felt, like, a little too vulnerable. Like, too uh, you can, raw. And, you like... can literally see my hands shaking. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And I was like, I oh no, it. I can't I can't post this. If if anybody has is questioning whether I have gone off the deep end or not, this video is for <laughs> sure going to seal the deal on that one. Rebecca is out of her mind. But I loved it. I loved yes. it. Yes. Yes. It the was best just so kind much of out fun. of your mind. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, I love that. I'm so glad that it was effortless. Just like the concert itself was every bit of the experience that you wanted it to be. I am so, so, so happy. Like I cannot stop grinning just thinking about you being there, getting to experience it and with such good friends. And this is the mm-hmm. second time you've done it. I love it. Um, speaking of Harry's outfits, you and I had been texting before you left that choosing what you wear to a Harry concert is like a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I even, I sent you, okay, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it or not, but you and I both like to listen to the podcast Normal Gossip. And Mm -hmm. this season, one of the episodes, they tell a story about a group of women who went to see One Direction back in the One Direction days. And that there was a, there there was a lot of drama around this trip. Of course, that's how it ended up on Normal Gossip. And one of the pieces of the puzzle was, they had all decided to wear like these specific outfits. And then one of the girls who went to the concert just didn't do the thing that they all agreed to do. Um, so I just was so curious because you were like sending me some screenshots of some possibilities, some ideas. And like, I had no idea that the whole, that what you as a fan wear to the concert is kind of part of the whole communal act, aspect of the concert, which I do want to talk about the communal part here in a minute, but first tell us what you wore and what your kind of thought process was going into it. Okay. So it is very intimidating. I feel like as a 40 year old woman, a mom trying to decide what to wear to this concert with a extremely young fan base. Right. So like all of everybody there is in there. I mean, not everybody clearly, but they're in their twenties they're like peak bodies, right? They're showing yes, off that peak yeah. body. Everything is really tight. Yeah. It's really short. It's uh, really cropped or it's just like like bralette style tops. Um, there, It's just, it's intimidating. It's like going to a club um, and you're like, excuse me, um, where is the old lady section for <laughs> the dressing room? Because I don't know what to wear to this thing. Um, so I was scrolling through Instagram and I was looking through the hashtag for the tour and I was just trying to kind of find some inspiration because I was like, I, I just, I don't, I, I mean, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's just, I'm not gonna, I mean, wear what you want, but like, I didn't feel comfortable or confident in something super crazy. I also didn't want to go out and spend a ton of money on something, custom order something. I don't know. So I found inspiration. There was a girl who was wearing... A simple black dress, short black dress, and she had a bright pink boa on, and she had these really fun sunglasses on. And I was like, she looks perfect. I have a black dress. 
I can do this. So I, I can't do the sunglasses thing because I have yeah. to wear my glasses all the time. But I got a black, I had my black dress that was already in my closet. I dressed it up with this bright pink boa. I matched my nails to it. I had purchased some watermelon earrings for the last concert that I didn't end up wearing. They go from red to to the pink that matches and then to a light pink. So they coordinated really well. Um Kara had given us um, matching bracelets at the last concert that had some bright color to it and some of that pink color was in it. That worked perfect. I wasn't sure about shoes, but I ended up wearing the same sparkly... I had silver sparkly tennis shoes that I had worn to the last concert. I just found them at a thrift store, honestly. And I wore those again, and I had a sparkly purse that matched and it just was perfect oh and we wrapped fairy lights in our boas so that our boas would light up in the dark fun oh my gosh that is so fun I love how it all came together and I hadn't even thought about the differences in age and how that would impact like how you're deciding what to wear like what the general vibe of what everybody's wearing I hadn't even thought about that but It sounds like it came together perfectly. Yeah. And so then we all had feather boas that we put fairy lights in. And we were talking to, between Donna and Kara and I, about what we were going to choose to wear. It's like, well, we all want to look like we're showing up, like, to the same event. You know what I mean? Like, we don't want one of us to be head-to-toe sparkles and then somebody else is just wearing, like, their tour merch t-shirt or something like we kind of wanted yeah. to match yeah yeah up. yeah and I feel like we did it it really worked out great and I felt confident in what I was wearing and that that's the most important part right like you got to choose something yes. that you feel confident in whether it's that bralette top or you know yeah whatever the tour t-shirt so yeah definitely what you're wearing and the whole vibe of the of the place is a big part of the experience. Um, and last time that you went, and we kind of had a debrief and talked about it, we kind of talked about like this sort of like spiritual aspect of it, of all of these people coming together that are just as into this moment as you are. And I'm wondering if you have further thoughts on getting to experience this with a community of people again. I mean, it's one thing to be like in your own home and you're like watching the Harry videos and the gifs and just like all of the things that are part of it and the TikToks and all of that. But then when you're with all of these people who are there and they're just like one in spirit, do you have more thoughts on that part of the experience? Well, I would say that last time I went in October of 2021. So we are at that point, I feel like we were still like crawling through this pandemic a bit. And yes, the communal aspect of it all at that moment felt very healing for me. And seeing everybody having fun and this communal joy to it all during a time yeah. when nobody was happy with anybody and everybody hated everybody and everybody's angry with everybody just to see everybody united again in something good was so mm-hmm. healing for me i couldn't look back at the concert footage without crying cuz it would be like seeing the it would be the people in the background it wouldn't even be harry but it would be the people in the background losing their minds dancing that would make me cry yeah. i'd be like just look look at how happy everybody is <laughs> and then of course i would yes. cry because i i'm like a happy crier um yes so this time there definitely was still that aspect to it except i feel like my heart had already been put back together a little bit more yeah. and so it felt more just like coming to the party instead of it being it didn't feel it didn't quite feel as sacred as last time. I think because, well, it wasn't the first time. And I think just the timing of it all, I think we've, For we've sure. grown a little bit and we've healed a little bit. Um, yes. I know that Lori Lynn mentioned that that aspect of it was very overwhelming for her. And so I, I, I think the biggest thing was just being in the presence of so much joy And I don't know how to, like, replicate that. Like, I don't know how to replicate that in my day-to-day life. I don't know how to encourage other people to replicate that. Because 
I mean, not everybody's going to be into Harry Styles. Not everybody is going to even fall down the rabbit hole of a fandom. Like, like this truly took me by surprise. I do not have the equation to give you to be like, here, this is how you find your thing. This is how you right. you find what you love, and then you love deeply what you love. I don't even know how to tell people how to do that, except of course, be a yeah. little bit obsessive in your personality in general. <laughs> um, <laughs> But like this, li- I feel like I literally stumbled into this with a single YouTube search that took me down a rabbit hole. And so yeah. I want everybody to have this, but I don't know how you get it. Right. Yeah. 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 I do think, you, I mean, I know you, we kind of jokingly say have a little bit of obsessive personality, but I think even if you don't, because I've said this before. I don't know that I've ever had a singular um, focus of joy in the same way that you feel about Harry Styles. Um, But I definitely have like short-lived little bursts, you know, like where I'm like super, super into a thing. And then that kind of passes and I move on to the next thing. And so I think just having a spirit of openness, a willingness to be surprised, a curiosity, I think you know, you're saying like one YouTube search, you're like curious about a thing or you watched a thing and then you're like, huh, I wonder. And you kind of kept pulling on that thread a little bit. And then before you know it, it had led you down this path. I think that having a sense and a spirit and a willingness to be curious about things really and truly can lead us to the most unexpected joy-filled moments, whether it sustains you for years or whether it's just like just what you need just in that moment Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. spark some joy for you. I think just having that openness, that curiosity, um, that willingness to tug on a thread, I think is really a big part of it. It's not a prescription, of course. It's not a formula, like you said. Right. But it's more of like a mindset. Openness combined with permission. Yes. I think I think permission is like a big key. I, frankly, I give myself, I think, a lot more permission in general in life for to meet my own selfish needs than I think a lot of women do and a lot of moms do. I think I, I have recognized within myself, for instance, the idea of myself resting and napping when my littles were resting and napping because I was a better mom later than when they were awake if I gave myself that permission to rest. But I know that there's a lot of people who struggle to give themselves permission to rest. Um, They feel like, well, this is the time that I have to get things done. And the to-do list or like the pressures of all of that weighs heavier on some people than it does like for me. Like I would rather let the laundry sit for a few more hours and refresh myself than like make myself, um, you know, ragged trying to get it all done. But then I think that applies like in other things that I, I give myself permission to binge an insane, literally a, crazy amount of YouTube video content about One Direction and Harry Styles in a very short amount of time that led me down this path where other people would be like, this is so stupid. I'd be like, I don't care that it's stupid. I'm having fun. I'm curious okay. about this. I want to. So I, it, yes. it reminds I think- me of the, the, this is not a book about Benedict Cumberbatch book, right? So yes. there's this line in the book that gutted me, and it was a quote, a headline from an Onion article that says, Mom hasn't had her favorite pizza in 10 years, favorite yep. pizza topping in 10 years, because everything that we do as mom, as once we become moms, often, or caregivers in whatever capacity that is, if you're mm-hmm. caring for a sick spouse or parents or whatever, once you get into that caregiving role, whatever you do, you're then doing it as that caregiver, you can't yep. just be yourself anymore. And mm-hmm. I was like, goodness sakes, I love ham and pineapple. Guess who didn't get to eat ham and pineapple until my middle <laughs> son decided that he liked ham and pineapple? Yes. I was yes. like, why is this Onion article hitting it so hard? But it is. And yes. Then, but, okay, so what do I do? Well, give yourself permission to indulge in the things that you like. Yes. Like give yourself permission to paint your nails. Give yeah. yourself permission 
to get a library book that doesn't teach you anything and yes. is just for fun. Give yourself permission yeah. to turn the music to music that you like in the ra- on the radio and not necessarily the kids in the car. Yep. Give yourself permission to invest in going away for a little while and not being a mom for a couple days. Because being yes. a mom is a heavy weight to carry. It's the it's one of the best weights to carry, but it's a heavy weight. And I feel like so much of this past week was so just light. It yes. was just light and it was joyful and I I think I think it's just because yeah, is I gave myself permission. It took yes. some it took some uh, justif- justifying to get there. I recognize this is also a thing of privilege to some extent. I had the finances to do it. You know, it was budgeted for. Um, I had the support at home to walk yeah. away and leave my husband in charge of things. Like, there are layers of privilege that come with this. But I think a big part is just giving yourself permission instead of just saying, oh, no, I can't do it. Right. Or, no, I shouldn't do it. Right. Entertain. Well, but but what if you can? Yeah. What if you what if you can? Yeah. It might take yeah. some sacrifice on the front end or the back end, but maybe like just take off that weight for a little bit and just have some joy in the lightness of it all. I love that. And, and you said something that I Yeah. I think that you said something just a few minutes ago that I think is such a good mantra for people who like myself, I definitely have this has been helpful to me is to be able to say, I don't care if it's stupid. I'm having fun. I think that, you know, in, in Tabitha Garvin talks about this in the book that so often it's so expected for women to become more serious about things as they become adults. Whereas men have a little more permission in our culture to keep doing the thing that brings them fun, playing video games, playing golf, you know, whatever the thing is, play is more acceptable for them. And we tend to be like, well, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. It's stupid for me to have like literally 50 lipsticks. (laughs) It's stupid, but it's also a lot of fun. (laughs) But Seriously, I think if we can acknowledge, like, someone else might think this is stupid, but I don't care. I'm having fun. That's another kind of, like, I feel like entryway into finding a thing that leads you down the path to joy is just not ev- not judging it. Or even if you do feel like you have to maybe preemptively judge it by saying, like, I know this is stupid, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. I love it. And kind of following and that you- path. And you know what? We ran into people who uh, were there for their kids. Like we, I mean, we ran into, the fun thing about going to a concert is running into all these Harry fans, like before, after the concert. And because he was playing in Austin for days, like we saw them everywhere. We saw them everywhere. How do we know? Because they were wearing like Harry merch or we were wearing Harry merch and their eyes would light up. Like literally their eyes would light up when we would walk into a room and be like, oh, and then then we just talk about it. We ran into people, okay, and, like, the mom or the husband, the dad, would be like, oh, no, I wasn't going to go to that. No way. This one dad was like, "Um, I I dropped them off and I picked them up after, and that was enough I needed to see of that. And in my head, I'm like, sir, you look stupid. Like, (laughs) Like, yeah. don't be like that. You think that you're, like, coming yeah. across as, like, this cool yeah, guy that, cool. like, oh, mm-hmm. no, that was way, it's way too, all these crazy girls go screaming and everything there. No, I didn't want, sir, sir, you look stupid. <laughs> yeah. If you had gone, you would have had the best time. Yeah. yeah because yeah. everybody is dancing and having fun and like nobody is a grump there. Nobody. Right. Husbands join their wives all the time and go and they have a blast. Harry converts everyone to a fan that walks into that room. And sir, you just look stupid. I even I yeah. kind of said to him, I was like, "Oh, that's a shame. No, you made the wrong choice. You should have gone. You would have loved it." He's like, "Oh, no, I would have loved it." I'm like, "Okay, sir." <laughs> Look at you, Rebecca, just popping off. I seriously told him. I was like, oh, no, that was the wrong choice. You should have gone. You would have loved it. 
That's amazing. And also, I don't know if you've ever been to a professional sporting event, but there are a lot of grown men who are standing up and screaming at professional sporting events. Exactly. (laughs) I feel like I went to the Super Bowl and my team won. Like, that's like, when I try to think about the immense amount of excitement and adrenaline and joy that was running through my system, I was trying to think, okay, well, what can you like compare that to? And the thing thing that I, I think is the best correlation is like, Going to the Super Bowl where your team wins. That's right. probably the closest that comparison that I can make. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I just I just yeah, that dad he kind of ticked me off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, awesome. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this little sliver of the awesome overflow from September. And I hope that more than anything, more than anything, this is just kind of giving you a little taste of thinking about what would it be like to just pursue joy? We are fully here to give you permission to pursue whatever lights you up, whether it is a book about a cozy like romance about witches in England (laughs) (laughs) or a nail polish you can then dig around in your dryer with. (laughs) Yes. But I do hope that this is giving you something to think about. And if you do have, your thing that you just, you are known for loving. I hope that you will share that with us. In fact, on social media, we're going to be asking for some examples from our awesomes. Speaking of social media, Rebecca, if people want to find you to talk more about this, where can they find you all around the web? My website is simplyrebecca.com and you can find me on Instagram at simplyrebecca. Okay. Just as a reminder, you can sign up to become a superstar. You get access to the awesome overflow every month. Like I said, the book club gathering you get access to ad-free episodes of this show, the texting number where you can text back and forth with us, all kinds of great stuff. You can go to patreon.com slash sort of awesome to get all signed up for that. You can find me at sort of awesome Meg on all the social media and just search sort of awesome, whatever social media you are on. You can find us there. Awesomes get out there and find some joy in your life and tell all of us about it. We can't wait to hear. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time.